a necessary sin is because in today's time, society and culture is beginning to determine how the church acts. It used to be the church affected the culture. These days, the culture is affecting the church. So you take a good businessman in the world. He's lost as a goose, but he's a good businessman. And he's good at making some under-the-table deals and lying and cheating a little bit to get ahead. And then you got a Christian businessman who's, who's not quite as successful. And he's looking at this guy and he's going, dang, man, it's just a little bit. If I just do a little, just a little bit of underhand work, if I just maybe compromise my character and my integrity a little bit, maybe I can get ahead and maybe, maybe it's, it's necessary. You see how it creeps in? You, you start to think, well, maybe it's necessary. I come from a family of hoodlums. <laughs> I, my, my grandmother had 10 kids, four girls, and six boys. Only one of the boys graduated high school. The other five dropped out of high school and went straight into the dirt business with my grandfather. Grandfather was a rough man. They, they, they were taught, they were brought to church, they were at church every Sunday, and and all those great things, but they grew up and they lost their character and they lost their integrity. And, and my uncle, my oldest uncle, who's the, the king hoodlum, he gave me some advice over the years. First piece of advice he gave me that I did not take was don't marry a woman from East Texas. He said, they're all crazy. <laughs> and if you're from East Texas, I didn't take the advice and I don't believe it. One girl in the church this morning in the first service, she went, oh, East Texas. I said, I didn't take the advice. And then the second thing that he told me was, he said, son, you can't ever be honest in this world. An honest man will never make it. This was the influence I had as a kid growing up and a teenager and a young adult. Praise God, he does some incredible things, right? And so that was the advice I was given. That was his mentality. And if the church isn't careful, it's going to start to think like the world thinks. And it's going, to, it's going to compromise the character and integrity. And it's going to come boldly against the word of God. A little bit of sin is still sin. So I want to, I want to show you today that even though society says it's okay or it's necessary, God doesn't think so. And we're going to take the next four weeks and talk about some pretty simple topics. In fact, when I tell you what we're going to talk about today, you're going to be like, oh, really? I got up, got dressed, did my hair and my nails to come here about this. And you're instantly going to think this isn't a big deal. Today, we're talking about gossip. Some of you just went, should have went to the other church. Gosh, dog. That's what I get for going. Some of us think that gossip is no big deal. A little bit of gossip ain't going to hurt nobody. You know, I gossip to people I can trust. I gossip to people that ain't going to gossip. But today we're talking about gossip and I want to show you how God feels about gossip. And hopefully at the end of this message, you walk out of here going, God don't like gossip. And I don't like it either. And hopefully today you walk out freed from the sin of gossip. But before we start, I want us to pray this prayer together. I want us to pray this verse, these scriptures in, from Psalms 139, 23 and 24. I want you to pray this with me. You can pray with your eyes open so you can read the screen. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. 
point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's my prayer for all of us this morning. That he'll point out something inside of us. And listen to me, that's what the Holy Spirit's been doing since you, since you drove up in the parking lot. He's beginning to point out some things in you that he don't want there anymore. He's not mad at you. He's trying to help you. Say, he's trying to help me. He's just trying to help you. He's not trying to beat you. He's just trying to, there's, there's something in there. I just want to get that out of the way. Can we trust him for that this morning? So today we're talking about the tough topic of gossip and some of you are going to have a hard time walking out of here with this message this morning. But I want to give you a guarantee today that if you'll take the next four weeks and be faithful to be here and be faithful to listen with an open heart like we just prayed, I guarantee you, Shia, God's going to do something in your life. Amen. I guarantee if he doesn't do anything in your life and you apply the next four weeks to your life, go find you another church. I'll give you permission. I'll help you find one. Amen. How many of you have ever been gossiped about? How many of you ever busted somebody gossiping about you? Raise your hand. If you've, if you've like walked in and somebody's talking about you and they went (laughs) and you busted them. I used to be in the construction business. I was in the concrete business and <clears throat> sad to say Americans don't like to pour concrete, but Mexicans do. <laughs> no pun intended, but I had about 50 guys working for me and, and it, each one of those guys uh, had five crews of 10 basically and I had five superintendents that could speak English and Spanish at the same time. And I, I don't know much Spanish. I knew what hammer and shovel and nail and screw and lunch, <laughs> I knew what a fajita was, you know, you know what I'm saying. I didn't know much. I knew enough to get me in trouble. So, so my day would, would consist of driving to the job site, and I would meet with the superintendent. We'd look over the job, and then I would tell him what I wanted him to do next with his crew, okay? So then he would take my instructions, whether he liked it or not. He was getting paid to do what I said to do, and he would go and tell his crew, about 10, 15 guys, and then they would have to do what I said to do. And a lot of times I would stay and watch and make sure that they're doing what I want to do because there was always a communication problem. And I noticed something one day. They, every time I would tell my superintendent to go tell them to do something, especially if they didn't like it, I would start to hear some fussing. And I always say, you know, it's in Spanish. It don't matter. I don't understand it. Right? Oh, I know they're talking about me, but it's okay. I can't understand it. I kept hearing this one word, though. And after a while, it got my attention, and the word was pelon. And it would, it, would, it would look something like this. They, I'm not going to say what they would say in front of Pelon because that would be cussing in Spanish and they're still cussing and I don't want to cuss in church. Is that all right? And so they would, they would he, my the superintendent would give them instructions and they would ram I'm Pelon. I'm blank Pelon. Pelon. I'm thinking, man, they don't like this dude Pelon. I'm like, who in the heck's Pelon? What's that mean? So after a while, I noticed every time I come around, they would be talking about Pelon. I'm like, man, who is this cat Pelon? So one day I had my superintendent decide, I'm starting to catch on. I'm a little slow, okay? I'm a little slow. I started to catch on. And I was like, grabbed one of my superintendents and said, hey, what's Pelon mean? Oh, Pelon, yeah, that's, that's a baldy. I said, oh, baldy. Yeah, 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 it's baldy. Yeah. Pelon, they call you Pelon. <laughs> 
Oh, they call me bald. Oh, man, that's funny, man. That's funny. I can't believe. I mean, I'm sitting there going, that's me. They've been talking about me the whole time. And I said, well, what's this word that they always say in front of Pelon? And they went, oh. Oh, that's a bad word. <laughs> like, like a bad word? Like, oh, Pelon, that's a bad word. Like real bad? Oh, that's bad. I said, so basically they're saying, Pelon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I couldn't wait for the next meeting, right? So I drive up on the job site, and I'm ready. I go to the superintendent. Hey, I, want, I ordered 10 more trucks of concrete. They're going to pour the concrete. I don't care. I got lights coming. We're going to pour all night. If they cry, send them home. I don't care. We're pouring concrete. Okay, boss, I'll tell them. They walk over there, and he, blah, 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 he's telling them something, and there they go. And just this boldness came over me. And I put my foot down and said, Hey, no more pillow. Just like that. And they were like, they're like, the gringo learned Spanish. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I caught them gossiping about me. I thought these guys liked me. They liked me on Friday. Come on, somebody. But Monday, I was the enemy again, right? But I caught them gossiping about me. And it's never fun when you catch people gossiping about you. Right? So what is gossip? People say gossip's not a big deal. They say, oh, everyone does it, Pastor. It's not that big a deal. Gossip is when you take information about somebody and give it to somebody else who can't help the situation. That's what gossip is. You're not trying to help. You're trying to spread. I want to bring you to a a, a verse in the Bible. It's not in your notes, but it's Genesis chapter 9, verse 20. And I want to show you Noah and his boys. So let me catch you up with the story real quick. Noah, uh, they they finally landed the ship. They found dry land and they're getting on about their life. And so we pick it up in verse 20. It says, after the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground and he planted a vineyard. One day he drank some wine he had made and he became drunk and lay naked inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked and went outside and told his brothers. Then Shem and Japheth took a robe, held it over their shoulders, and backed into the tent to cover their father. As they did this, they looked the other way so they wouldn't see him naked. When Noah woke up from his stupor, he learned what Ham, his youngest son, had done. Watch this. Then he cursed Canaan, the son of Ham. Then Noah said, may the Lord, the God of Shem, be blessed. I'm sorry. May Canaan be cursed. May he be the lowest of servants to his relatives. Then Noah said about the two older brothers, he blessed them. And and, and so basically the guy, the, the son Ham, who saw his father's nakedness and went out and told his brothers was cursed. And the brothers who heard about their father and went in and covered him were blessed. Gossip will curse you. Covering will bless you. Are you getting this? It will bless you. So watch this. Ham walks in. Oh, gosh, dad. Oh, my. Can't believe. Walks right out. Hey. 
Dad's naked, man. He's passed out in his tent. He's naked, bro. I mean, like, come on, Dad. Very important. The two other brothers understood what had happened and the severity of what had happened. They grab a blanket. Watch this now. They put it on their shoulders and they back into the tent. And then they take the blanket and without looking, they lay it over their father. Because they didn't want to see his nakedness. And they got blessed for that action. Why Ham got cursed. Tell me gossip ain't important. Tell me God doesn't take gossip seriously. On the one hand, you get cursed because you didn't cover somebody. And on the next hand, you get blessed because you covered up somebody's nakedness. Now, I want you to understand something. Everybody has nakedness. Hello. Everybody has nakedness. Everybody has a blind spot. Everybody has junk in the trunk. Come on, let's just get it out this morning. Come on, I don't no, no, don't start saying what you got in your trunk. Okay, it's not that kind of service. But but let's just admit this morning that we all got something we're embarrassed about. We all got a little skeleton in the closet, and don't act all holy and righteous because I know most of your stories, and I can sit here and start, but I'm not. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 says, there are six things that the Lord hates, say hates. Seven that are detestable, say detestable. A false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community, God hates. God hates, God hates gossip. God detests gossip. He detests it. Have you ever caught somebody talking about your kids? Oh, now, Pastor, hold up. Hold up now. It's all fun and game. You can talk about me. Don't talk about my kids. Come on. You know how you are. Don't act all civilized. You, somebody talk about your kids. You get a little trashy. You know you do. Huh. Hand go on the hip. Huh. Let me tell them about their kids. They think their kids is all. I got some news on their kids. Right? Let somebody talk about your kids and you're ready to fight. (laughs) I'm a preacher. You talk about my kids. I'm pulling the collar off, baby. It's it's on. You hear me? Take it very serious. You want to hurt me? Talk about my kids. You want to do some damage to me and my wife? Talk about my kids. Gossip about my kids. We don't like it, right? We don't like it when people gossip about our kids, right? Respond to me, please. We don't like it. We hate it, right? Watch this. If I gossip about Brennan... I just gossiped about God's kid. Oh. Oh, you mean God looks at us like kids? Yeah. Oh, you better trust me. When we talk about each other, God hates it and he finds it detestable. You see, because when you talk about another believer, you're talking about God's kids. 
And he got the power to take your breath. (laughs) I'll punch you in the nose. You'll heal from that, but he'll take your breath, right? So God hates gossip. Is that okay to say this morning that God hates gossip? He hates it. It's sickening. There's something sickingly attractive about gossip. Come on, let's get real this morning. So some of us just we some of you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is you click on Facebook to get the latest. Come on, you ain't trying to catch up with your friend, you're trying to catch up on some gossip. We make excuses for it. But some people can't wait to hear something juicy so they can go tell somebody else. Proverbs 18.8 says, The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost part. In other words, the scriptures are saying that, that when gossip comes, oh, it tastes good. Oh, I got something juicy. I got something good. Oh, and it goes, and you get it inside of you. Watch this. Then you get heartburn. Then you get some spiritual indigestion because you just swallowed some gossip. Come on, I'm in the right church this morning. You swallow some gossip and you get some stuff inside of you. The Bible's fully aware of what gossip is. Gossip is just like an addiction. The more you engage in it, the more it gets a grip on you. Gossip is like friendly fire. Gossip in the church world is like friendly fire on the battlefield. You know, some guys don't come back from battle because they got shot by their own people. It's called friendly fire. Oh, shot the wrong person. Back in my running days, we was at a bar and I got got in a big old fight and me and my boys, we was fighting these boys from this other town, and I was a little intoxicated, and I didn't know who I was fighting. I beat up everybody on my own team. They were mad at me for a long time. Gossip in the church world is friendly fire on the battlefield. When we gossip about one another, who wins? The enemy wins. God hates gossip. He detests it. Why do we participate in gossip? Maybe it makes us feel important. Maybe we enjoy hearing dirt. Maybe we enjoy it when others look bad. Maybe you're just dissatisfied with your own life. Maybe you're insecure. Can I tell you there's not a single good reason to gossip? You ever see people that are like professional gossips? I mean, they got like this whole thing about them. Like their whole demeanor will change. You'll be sitting in a room with them and they're all fine. And then they'll remember they got something juicy. And it's like they'll change. They'll go from talking regular to, oh, hey. They do weird stuff with their hands. Hey. And you're like, what? Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? I can't hear you. What you you whispering for? Did you hear about so-and-so? And they get weird. You ever meet professional gossips? It's funny. When you watch them, I got a couple of friends that are professional gossipers. And they come around and they get all weird. And it's, it's kind of funny now because you kind of go, I want to video it and show them. Is that all right? Changes their demeanor. So how do we overcome the sin of gossip? 
Glad you're asking these questions this morning, being all vocal and loud. Good message, Pastor. I want to give you three questions, and these are questions you need to ask yourself, and you've got to get real honest with yourself when you ask these questions before you say something. So watch this. When you're getting ready to say what's stirring up inside of you, you need to ask yourself this question and be real honest about it. Is my conversation helpful or is it hurtful? Is what I'm about to say going to help them or is it going to hurt them? You got to ask that question. This juicy news I got, this stuff that I know, the the nakedness that I know about so-and-so, if if I say it to this person, is it going to help them or is it going to hurt them? And you got to answer honestly. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.29, do not let any say any. Say it again. Say it again. What's any? Any is any. <laughs> do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful for building others up. I'm bringing a hammer this morning. This is a tool. Right? These are tools. I don't like this one. It's like a shin buster. The handle's too short and it weighs too much. By the end of the day, your forearms hurt. And if you miss what you're swinging at, I guarantee you it's going to hit right there and you will cuss, swear, and dance like you've never danced before. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. But these are tools, much like our words. The Bible just said to not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is useful to build others up. So if you think of your words like a hammer, you really start to understand how important your words are. Because watch this, with this hammer, this one hammer right here, I can go onto a bare piece of ground and I can begin to build a mansion. The most beautiful mansion in the world can be built with this hammer right here. I can take this hammer and and tap in the foundation. I can get the concrete right. I can dig with this hammer so that the foundation is deep. It's going to take you a while. But but I can do all that and I can begin to build. I can take the boards. I can stand them up and toenail them in and tap that in. and, And I can start to build something that's beautiful with this hammer with my words. Right? But if you turn it around, you can tear down some stuff with a hammer. You can make a wreck of things, right? My dad walked in on Ethan one day. Ethan was in the, in the backyard. He found my dad's tools and he had a, a, a log splitter, a little point wedge or a four pointed wedge, solid metal. He had it upside down on the concrete and he had a four pound maul. He was just a little bitty kid and he's over there wailing on this thing. Bing, bing. And shrapnel's flying everywhere. It's got no glasses on. A hammer can do some damage. The same hammer that'll build you up will tear you down. The same hammer that'll put something pretty on the wall will tear the sheetrock down. And I'm afraid today that the church has been in this psychopathic building project. We've been caught up in this vicious circle of just one day I'm building. Oh, you're you're good. You're blessed and highly favored. Oh, you're awesome. Oh, you're pretty. Building it up. Building it up. Oh, did you hear about so-and-so? 
tearing it all down. And then the next day or the next moment, boom, 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 building it back up. Oh man, they're awesome. I love those people. Great family. Did you hear about? You seeing this? The same words that give life, give death. The same words that can build your children up, can tear them down. We talked last week, we wrapped up the marriage series about words and how my words wash my wife. She's the product of my words. My words can build her up, put a little crown molding up in her life. Get some gold-plated stuff in there. But my same words can rip all that out and tear her all the way back down to where she started from. Come on, you know this is true. Because sticks and stones may break your bones. But words will tear you down. All the way down, right? Is what I'm about to say going to build people up? Or is it going to hurt them? Make sense? Make sense? Proverbs 16, 27 and 28 says, scoundrels, say scoundrels. Say it like you're in a movie, scoundrels create trouble. Their words are the destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. I'm just reading the Bible, y'all. If you don't read it, you never know what's going to be in there. God don't like gossip. You think that little bitty thing you shared about so-and-so was okay? It's not okay. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not okay. Some of us disguise gossip in what I call a compliment sandwich. Preachers are real good at this. When we talk about other preachers, let another preacher come around. Hey, how's, how's, how's brother so-and-so doing? Oh man, that brother's doing good, man. Their church is growing, you know, great things are happening. You know, all this good stuff. Wow, yeah, great things. You know, but his, his money's funny. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand where he stands on the Trinity. His doctrine's a little weird. You know, it's a little off. And, you know, sometimes they got some people walk out of that church. They, whew, they rough. But hey, but the brother's good. I mean, he's great. I, he's my best friend. Compliment sandwich. We think if I compliment, slip in some gossip, and then compliment, it's okay. The problem is your ham's bad. Your ham's bad. It's spunked. Like my daddy would say, it's sprout. Your ham's no good. You need to smell it before you eat it. Right? But hey, it's okay if it's true though. Right? It's okay if it's true. It's only gossip if you're lying or making something up. If it's true, you got the right to say it, right? You know, we need to always say what's true but we, we don't always need to say, I messed it up, doggone it. Everything that we say should be true, but not everything true needs to be said. You need to speak the truth, but not every bit of truth needs to be spoken. Was Noah naked? You bet he was naked. If the Bible says you're naked, you're naked. Now, there ain't no other naked but naked when the Bible says you're naked. He was naked, passed out on the floor. Was it true? Yes. Did it need to be repeated? No. Ham could have covered it 
right there. But he didn't. There's a problem. It's a problem with gossip. Number two. So number one is, is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Number two, am I making private matters public? Ruh-roh. Am I making private matters public? Proverbs eleven twelve to 13 says, it is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. Look at your neighbor and say, keep quiet. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. I was talking to a pastor friend and he told me a story about a couple in his church and the guy was unfaithful to his wife. He slept around and he finally confessed it, got convicted and confessed it. And, and, and so they went to the pastor and his wife and said, hey, we need some help. Told him what happened and she didn't know if she was staying or leaving. And, and so the pastor and his wife, he said, man, we worked with them. It was weeks, man. We worked with them. We counseled them. We, we, we shared everything we could with him and they were starting to turn around and God was starting to rebuild the marriage and it was going great. And, and after a, a few months, we felt like it was good for them to get back into their life group and cause they were really involved in a life group. And so they went back into the life group and they felt like, you know what? It's okay to share this with your life group because there's confidence in life groups, right? I said there's confidence in life groups, right? You can share your heart and nobody's going to spill it on Facebook. So they did. They went to their, their life group and they shared with their group, their intimate group of friends, what they were walking through. And one lady, one lady, say it only takes one lady. <laughs> it only takes one person to mess it all up. One lady felt the need to go home and post to her Facebook friends to pray for so-and-so because they were having issues. By which the wife found out that she posted it on Facebook and was so embarrassed, she left. What killed the marriage? Did adultery kill the marriage? Gossip killed the marriage. You see it? You see it? You want to get kicked out of this church? Gossip. I've sent many a people packing. I don't say it pridefully, but I say it very urgently. We don't tolerate gossip. Gossip tears down all the work you've, you've labored over, all the things that you've sweated over. Gossip tears it down. Are you making p- private matters public? You know, what's funny is this day and age, it's so easy to gossip, right? You can spread gossip faster than a forest fire. I mean, listen, you find out Jimmy got drunk. In, in two seconds, Hashtag Jimmy got drunk. Boom. 300 people know. Come on. That's the times we live in, right? Gossip. It's gone. Back in my day, you wasn't calling 300 people to tell them that Jimmy got drunk. That was too much work. You didn't want to gossip because it was too hard. But today you just go hashtag Jimmy got drunk. Right? It's too easy. It's too easy to put people's business on the street. 
Proverbs 25, 9 to 10 says, when arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip and you will never say never. Regain your good reputation. Gossip will mess your reputation up. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Told you about my friends, huh? I got some friends. They come with the shovel. They come and say, hey, pastor. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm good. And I know. Me, I go, mm, you don't mind pass me on by. I ain't saying nothing to you. But they come with a shovel and they're digging. Hey, how's so-and-so doing? And I get this Andy Griffith thing on me. Oh, they're doing fine, fine, fine. They're doing fine. Well, how, how's their marriage? Oh, it's good, it's good, it's good. It's real good. Oh, they, they, they you know, they, they all healthy? Oh, yeah, they're good, good, doing real good. Well, how's this business going? I heard, oh, no, this business is going great, it's great. Yep, fine, fine, fine. And when they realize the ground's too hard to dig up something juicy, they take the shovel and they move on. Right? I ain't telling them nothing. Tell them telephone. It's all the same thing. Right? You're going to love this next point. It's my favorite. Am I permitting others to gossip? Am I permitting others to gossip? Have I created a forum, an open forum for people to bring me their juicy gossip? Oh, I got ears. I got two of them. I'll listen. And some of you are going, oh, I ain't got no problem. I don't repeat it. No, but you listen. You want to know? I got a verse for that. Watch this. Proverbs 17.4. Wrongdoers e- eagerly listen to gossip. God, you got to love God's word. He got something for everybody, right? Come on, that's your word for the day. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Who listens to gossip? Right doers or wrongdoers? Oh, wrongdoers listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. You see, it's not enough if you don't repeat it. You got to learn how to shut it down, baby. <laughs> oh, you got to shut it down. Look at your neighbor and say, shut it down. Some of you, I'm glad I brought my spouse to church today. It's wrong to listen to it. Man, some of you thought you were getting off scot-free. You were like, hey. Whew, I can hear it and not repeat it. Check, I'm good. And I just punched you in the nose. It's not good to even listen to it. Wow. I experienced this one time. I was uh, doing a project for the church. And uh, we were rebuilding an office. We bought some new land and had a house there. And we were remodeling it to be an office. And the people that worked at the church, I didn't realize this. They had an issue with Pastor Bubba. I mean, how, how do you have an issue with your pastor, right? right. <laughs> He's the holy man of God, does nothing wrong. <laughs> Come on. So, so I'm, I'm here. I got some guys. We're rebuilding this, this office and this house into an office. And, and all of a sudden, everybody that's working there, they, they start coming to me. and They start telling me stuff about Pastor Bubba. 
And it caught me off guard. And I was kind of like, I was like, it's like, boom, this one would throw up on me. And then that one would, throw, and it was all happened in one day. And it was the weirdest thing. And I was just, hey, you know, Pastor Bubba said, you know, he, you know, he don't listen. And, and you know, he, he don't do this. And he don't do that. And they start telling me, I'm like, and I'm in the back of my mind going, these people are jacked up. I know Pastor Bubba, he ain't that bad. So by the end of the day, Pastor Bubba comes out, hey, man of God, project's looking good, man. How you doing? I'm like, I ain't good. I'm full of vomit. It stinks. I said, what's wrong? I said, man, this one said this about you. This one said that about you. This one said this. This one complained about this. This one said you don't do this. And he was kind of like, dang. I sure wish they would have told me before they told you. I said, can I ask you? I don't know what to do with all this. He gave me a very valuable lesson. He said, I'll tell you what to do with that. He said, the next time anybody comes up to you and says, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? He said, you shut it down, right? There. He said, well, time out. Call a time out. Time out. Clearly, this is what you say. Clearly, you have a problem with this person. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you 15 minutes to call them and tell them you got a problem with them. And if you don't call him, I'm going to call him and tell him that you got a problem with him. And he said, it will shut it down. And by God, it shut it down. And then I got a reputation now that people go, don't tell Pastor Jamie. He ain't going to listen. He'll tell Pastor Bubba everything you said about Pastor Bubba. Don't tell Jamie. He'll, he... Does this make sense? Shut it down. Are you permitting others to gossip around you? Because listen, what you permit, you promote. If you don't shut it down, it continues to go. Amen? So let me give you four ways to confront gossip. Four ways. I don't use the first three. I don't like them too much. But the second, the, the last two I'll use. But the last one's really my favorite. The first way is subtle. I'm not feeling very comfortable with this conversation. I can honestly say I've never said those words. (laughs) I'm really not feeling comfortable, y'all. The second way is caring. If if, if so-and-so knew you were talking about them, they'd be hurt. I I don't use that one either. Then you got the biblical approach. That's where you start throwing out some scripture or something. You say, well, if you know, if you got a problem with somebody, maybe you should go directly to them. Bible says, this is my favorite. The last one, y'all, is my favorite. It's direct. Come on, it's like, it's, it's got an attitude with it because it's direct, right? You just say it how it feels. Come on, somebody. Somebody come, hey, did you hear about someone? Nope, shut, stop that right now. You, oh, Jackie, you keep talking about them, you're going to get hurt. You got 15 minutes to call them and tell them you got a problem with them. If you don't call them, I'm calling them. It's direct. You know what I like about it? Stops it right there. It's direct. We don't have room for gossip. Ain't nobody got time for that. You know, I know most of your stories in this room. And I haven't told anybody your story. At least not the bad side. 
But can I tell you, most of the people that are here and a part of this church, other people have tried to tell me things about them. <gasps> me, Pastor Jamie? Mm-hmm. They tried to tell me stuff about y'all. You want to hear how I responded? Stop. You're not talking about my people like that. I don't believe it. I make my own opinion about people. I'm not leaning on your opinion and, and their past or whatever's going on. I make my own opinion. I've done business with people that people have screamed at me not to do business with, but because I love them and care for them, I did business with them anyway and made my own opinion. Holla. You got to shut it down. You got to shut it down. We can't let it keep going. You can't create this place and this space for people to keep gossiping to you because this is the problem. If they gossip to you, they gossip about you. (laughs) They'll walk away from telling you about Jimmy getting drunk and go over here to Susie and tell Susie all about you. And you just got shanghaied, right? Loose lips sink ships. Come on, somebody. It sinks the ship. But here's the problem. The church is letting the world determine what we do. It's letting the world wash down our character and our integrity. We're saying, well, if the world can do it, then maybe we can do a little bit of it. Maybe I can just gossip a little bit. Maybe it'll give me a head. I need to get up the corporate ladder so I need to talk about somebody else. I need to put them down so I can rise up. I'm just going to do it one time. That's the problem. It's the first time you did it, God hated it. Amen? I'm going to wrap it up with this. Your words matter. In fact, I want to say it this way. Every word matters. You believe that today? Every word matters. Matthew chapter 12 says it this way. But I tell you that everyone, say everyone, will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word that has, they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted. And by your words you will be condemned. I know this isn't a fun message. I know some of you are going, man, I should have stayed in bed. Ah, Pastor Jamie's hard on gossip. Like he's never gossiped before. I have gossiped before. I would be lying if I told you I didn't. But hear me, because I want you to hear my heart this morning. One day, every one of you sitting here right now is going to stand before Jesus Christ. And you will give an account for every word that came out of your mouth. And I take that seriously. Because God trusted me and Cheryl with you. Whether you like it or not, the Bible calls you sheep. (laughs) He calls us sheep. And God places people in churches or families, as we call them. And he gives the pastor, which is called a shepherd in the Bible, 
the responsibility to look over and care for those people. So you're in my pasture. I just want you to stand before Jesus one day and hear these words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You started your life as a gossip. You was rotten, ruthless, and toothless. But by God, you turned it around. And by God's grace and by his overcoming power, you quit gossiping. You quit tearing down the people around you. And you started using your words to build them. Little by little to build them. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because you see, it's not how you start the race. It's how you finish the race that 